Chennai based M2P Fintech has acquired Goals 101, a data platform in the fintech space, in a cash and equity deal for Rs. 250 crore. Hi there, welcome to the Business Line podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. R. Madhusudanan, one of the co founders of M2P Fintech, spoke to Business Line about the recent acquisition. the thin line of difference between data privacy and data personalization and most interestingly about moonlighting listen in hi madhu thank you so much for joining us thank you could you tell us a bit about your recent acquisition and how it will add value to your company sure i mean goals on one is a you know uh, analytics platform uh, that works very closely with banks Uh, in terms of enabling them to understand uh, their own data, uh, whether it's uh, you know transactional data uh, like credit card spends, uh, to basically drive better engagement uh, for for banks customers, uh, as well as you know other uh, you know capabilities that are there around uh, how do you help personalize you know offerings for for banks customers. Right? Typically, products that banks offer are very standard products. You know, you and I. get the same savings account uh, if you go to any bank but we are moving into a world where uh, everything needs to get you know hyper personalized so data is going to actually provide that capability to uh, understand you know how different you are as an individual vis-a-vis you know uh, how i am and uh, goals platform enables banks to or empowers them to actually figure out ways by which you know individuals can be identified based on their spend patterns and and the data that is accumulating on the system and then the products can get structured uh, and offered to you know to meet their requirements so uh, we found great value in what uh, goals were was doing uh, with the banks specifically some of the large banks where uh, there is a concerted effort to digitize and offer uh, you know new and unique products and it kind of came into uh, into a, as a you know very complementing capability given the fact that we were working with a lot of banks on you know core capabilities like how you can run a core banking system in a digital manner or a new new age you know credit card platform uh, all of this were you know uh, core product offerings that we were building and the data layer was an important cog in the wheel in terms of how uh, it can you know holistically be you know offered as a you know uh, platform and we did some you know uh, before the acquisition itself we did some market uh, tests in terms of how a joint go to market can work uh, those results came out you know really well uh, which allowed us to go into the transaction you know with a lot of rigor okay okay all right so now that the deal is finalized if you could uh, help me with the implementation process that will happen what will be the next steps because you mentioned a lot about data personalization and yeah. how it will benefit the customers but at the same time one gray line that people talk about is uh, how will the data of the customer be protected was a thin line between data privacy and data yeah. collection so how would you manage that and what are the next steps for the now that the deal is finalized so i mean two parts right one is uh, organizationally we have been you know doing uh, mnas for the last two years we've done six seven acquisitions we have integrated a lot of those businesses into what m2p has to offer to to the banking customers and uh, and goals will also go through that process of integration right so they today a standalone entity but over a period of time we will integrate all of their products and services into our core offering our you know our teams and sales efforts will uh, start getting integrated in the first place 
uh, over a period of time, we will actually have that, you know, unification happen. Um, it typically, you know, runs for at least a year. That's one. Second part of it is that uh, by design, uh, a lot of the products that we offer, we are, a, you know, uh, what in the regulatory parlance, we are a TSP to the bank, right? a technology provider to the bank. Therefore, the role that we do, we are actually an extension of a bank in a, uh, in a strict sense of the term. Right? So therefore, we don't do anything consumer directly. You know, we are not taking the data and doing our own, you know, by the side. So therefore, whatever we do or whatever we offer, it's actually going back to the same customer from their bank or their financial service provider whom they have consented to share this data. Obviously, wherever there is a data context that is used, uh, there is obviously this whole consent that comes into play. But we are not, I mean, we don't uh, adjudicate, right? Or we don't actually decide what to do with this customer data. It's more banks saying, you know, this is the type of, uh, you know, enablement that we want to do. So we are more a, you know, enablement infrastructure from a, purely from a data privacy standpoint. We don't really look at that as, you know, can I, what can I do with this data? The tools that we put out for banks allows the banks to actually offer, you know, uh, products that can, uh, uh, that can be, you know, structured as, you know, unique and different in the market uh, to their customers. Okay, understood. Um, now, you are spread in lots of places, right? Middle East, North Africa, Asia, Pacific. So on that note, do you have any expansion plans in your future? So we are already live in about uh, 26, 27 markets, right? When I say live, we'll have at least uh, one or two revenue paying customers in each of these markets. This spreads across uh, Asia and uh, Africa as well, like Middle East and Africa as well. And uh, our, currently our execution is focused around uh, these markets. Right? And uh, in a lot of these markets, we are also going very deep, uh, like most of the assets that we have acquired uh, are our own product capability. In each of the markets, you know, you can actually go uh, fairly deeply and offer it as a, you know, a composite platform. Uh, so that's how, you know, we are looking at it from a go-to-market standpoint. And, uh, you know, opportunistically, we will look at other markets as well. So we have a few customers in the U.S., uh, so, but we don't have people on ground in U.S. So we, whatever we can do remotely, you know, we continue to sort of build out from a U.S. market standpoint. Uh, whenever the opportunity presents, we'll probably look at other markets. Okay, understood. So uh, being a tech enabler for the bank, what are the challenges and uh that you have faced or are facing in the business? So, I mean, challenge, uh, obviously hiring and talent is a, is a big challenge for any tech company. That's, that's a given. Uh, if I keep that aside, I think uh, uh, more than it being a challenge, I think the, the amount of, uh, you know, uh, changes that is happening in, in the Indian market, both from both by a nudge of the regulation as well as the level of you know uh, execution that's happening with respect to different players trying to do different things, uh, so it keeps always keeps us on the toe, right? So we have to be always ahead of the game to understand what's the new thing that is coming up, how can we offer it to our customers and things like that. So that in itself is the uh, it's a good it's a good problem to have, but uh, it is you know it's only uh, growing by leaps and bounds, right? Uh, so that's that's one part. So it's not like a you build or you, know, you develop a product. And you put the sales team behind it so somebody can go out and sell. You have to constantly keep, you know, evolving and upgrading the product. When I say constantly, it is almost like every day there's something or the other that keeps coming up. So that I think is the biggest challenge for not just us, any company that is working in this space. 
how do you stay ahead of the game with respect to how the regulations are evolving how the market uh, you know indian market is very vibrant from from new product capabilities and fintech action so how do you keep uh, you know keep pace with that is 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 probably the uh, biggest challenge for anybody building in india yeah that's true and also talking about change with the advent of penetration of technology for that matter lots of frauds are also increasing banks are affected by cyber frauds lots of financial Correct. frauds so you being a tech enabler what role do you play here so yeah i mean our role is uh, our role is you know broken into you know two or three parts right one is uh, some of the products like for example uh, you know uh, where if there is a digital you know banking product that needs to be offered uh, you know we can be that you know platform on which the digital bank is getting built right so i'm sure when you watched ip you know the cricket world cup you saw the you know you must have seen uh, indie from indusind bank as an as an advertisement right so it kept they spent a lot of marketing dollars behind it so that digital bank of indusind bank is completely powered on our platform right so there is that full tech enablement that we do that's the first role that we actually you know do the second role that we critically play uh, is that we also uh, you know work with a number of fintechs so a lot of the fintech ideas that are working that are actually making an impact or you know solving for a customer pain or there is a new type of revenue generation that's possible our ability to bring these fintech partnerships to banks and allow the banks to extract value out of that right value not in the revenue sense but whatever be it right like better customer you know uh, delivery or you know addressing a pain point of a customer or simply an operational efficiency so we are able to actually bring to bear how some of these fintech partnerships can work in a meaningful way that's the second part of what we do uh, we curate we are able to curate what is working what is not working what are the ideas that will work based on the dna of a bank right so for a very large private bank some things could work but for a very small you know let's say uh sfb or a private bank uh, it may not work because of the size of the nature of the bank so based on the organizational dna how do you bring these partnerships together that's the second tool that we do the third is we are looking at you know this whole tech platform uh, as a holistic approach and part of what we are doing with goals also is if some suppose as an example there's a bank that is launching a credit card you know a new bank they don't have the wherewithal to do everything that a large existing credit card provider would do they are likely to actually lose out on you know customers share of wallet as it's called right let's say for example you as an individual uh, you have you know for argument sake i'm saying or for explaining reason i'm saying you have a hdfc bank card or an sba bank card as well as a bank that is newly you know licensed right or one of the sfps issuing a you know a credit card uh, your ability to actually uh, be convinced that you know this new sfb's bank credit card is powerful and that's what you want to use is very limited because the you know it's a function of how many merchants you can go and get offers and things like that so what we are as a platform are doing is how do i enable or provide technology capability that will bring some of these smaller banks on par with some of the larger banks so that they also have you know can offer to their customers the same set of capabilities and products that some of the large banks would offer right so that's the third third part of third dimension to what we do uh, so therefore we just don't stop at just providing the technology but how do you bring new cohorts of distribution through fintech partnerships how do we actually extract more value from existing products uh, through you know value proposition you know build out all things that we do <clears throat>
Got it, got it. Um, one thing I really found interesting was at a time when people criticize moonlighting a lot, your website says that moonlighting is okay. A workplace shouldn't limit you from pursuing your passion. So what are your takes on moonlight and how do you pursue it as a company? Yeah, I mean, anybody who is uh, building on an idea, they are not going to stop because just because, you know, their company is not allowing. People will do it. Right? Like we started a company by moonlighting when we were working somewhere else. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the ideas come only then. No? So whether you really fully started yeah. or, you know, mm -hmm. you work on it, you do the market research, you know, the lead up to actually taking that leap of faith and starting uh, is also moonlighting right? because you're beyond your office work. You're basically working on an idea. Right. It And we don't limit it to a startup. We actually have a lot of sports people who who work with us. So we are extending this moonlighting to say, do you if you want to pursue your sports, you know, some a lot of people give up on that because they're you know they are in a nine to five job which doesn't give them the time to actually you know devote for let's say continuing their you know sporting career. So we actually have a lot of that also you know under the moonlighting you know uh, uh, thing. Uh, anything that you are passionate about. Uh, you know, come, you know, kind of come under the program so that we know how to kind of accommodate uh, your interest or passion that you're pursuing. And uh, and that's a very structured program that we are doing, you know, uh, and it's been fairly successful uh, in the way people have adopted it. And on that note, do you think moonlighting is something, as you said, that we all are having new ideas all the time. So is it something that will continue to stay irrespective of the time for that matter? Yeah, I mean, uh, see, uh, I'll give you an analogy, right? Like, uh, uh, like uh, uh, 20, 30 years back, people would, you know, do 10th, 11th, 12th, then go take an, you know, joint entrance exam. Today, you know, uh, kids have a choice after 10th standard, they can actually start preparing for the right? 11th, 12th, they don't even have to do, that's where the quota story is about, right? So the, the market has evolved where it's okay not to do 11th and 12th, right? Similarly, we will have, a scenario where companies will have to open up. If you have to attract talent, you have to be amenable to doing a lot of this where you are able to get the talent for what they can do for the business. Uh, in the bargain, you know, they also end up, uh, you know, chasing their dream, right? Otherwise, uh, you know, high quality talent is a, you know, it's still a scarcity in the market, right? You have a lot of people. India has no dearth of people. But if you need highly skilled, you know, talented people, uh, you need to have, be accommodative in the way uh, they would want to pursue it, right? And and it is not no longer a thing about can I build my you know entire life with one company, right? So you are basically looking at it as a two, three, five year kind of a journey. Uh, so if that is the case, uh, you know, and not all ideas are actually successful by actually putting it out where you know you are being accommodative. Even if the idea fails, that person will always gravitate back to the company because you know we have extended that you know support uh, when they they needed it the most. Right? Uh, so that's how we are looking at it. All right, sure. Uh, just one last question: uh, What are your plans for the future for your company? Sorry, got ended with. Yeah, so we, I mean, we continue to execute in uh, in a lot of these areas. We uh, we are on track to you know break even this year financially. Uh, you know, and uh, on a monthly basis for the last few months, we've been, you know, cash flow positive. So full year, we need to break even, which is by March closing. And in two or three years time, we will start, you know, sort of planning for an IPO. That's what the uh, immediate near term plan is. Uh, but we have to obviously go through the emotions, you know, go through this year, next year, 
then we will you know when uh, as the opportunity presents we will look at you know uh, taking it so we are you know we are building this for the long term so we are 9 years into the business so we will you know eventually take the company public whether it happens in 2 3 years or 5 years we will we'll, we'll have to you know wait and see on that road thanks a lot for joining us thank you so much for your time thank you so much thanks for uh, for listening